0: GMS podcast episode number twenty-one. Uh, it's been a while. I uh, hadn't planned on taking an extended hiatus, um, but a lot's been happening in my life over the last. Uh, I guess it's been like six and a half months since I recorded one of these. Um, I've had a few emails and asking me about uh, <laughs> or. And say asking, well, just letting me know. They hope there was more episodes coming. So here it is. I uh, plan on getting back, you know, back to this more frequently. Uh, I, I've, I know I've said that in the podcast before. Um, but I do have a full-time job. So anyway, uh, in the time that's lapsed in between podcasts, a lot of happened in my life. Uh, one of the most interesting things that uh, happened uh took place about a, about a month ago I got a call from my old best friend from high school's wife's brother who I knew when we were kids uh, because I I knew uh you know I knew, I knew this this couple way back when um but it turns out that uh you know he's been recently diagnosed, and um, I'm really sorry to hear that. But one of the interesting things, I, you know, he was searching around online for resources and information stuff, and he stumbled upon this podcast. And it was until, it wasn't until he listened to a few episodes when he realized that he knew me. And so I got a you know I got a text message a few a uh, few days later. It was kind of neat to hear that, and you know he lives way up in the Northwest Territories. So and you know I'm in here. I'm here in Edmonton. So that was uh, really interesting. Uh, since I last recorded, uh, I haven't done any big runs or anything. Well, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I, I did a uh, uh, an ultra near Edmonton here out at um, Elk Island called the Blackfoot, and I was scheduled to do a 50k. There was two loops of 25 kilometers. I was only able to finish one uh, that I've, I've been dealing with on and off. Some plantar fasciitis in my right foot, and it's uh, you know it kind of flares up again. It kind of flared up again, so I've had to take some time off from running. Um, and I've had I've been replacing it with uh, I've been doing some circuit training with you know weights and medicine balls. Really working on functional movement and functional strength. Um, it it hasn't replaced running. And, you know, I really do miss head note for uh, for longer runs. But from everything I've read about the, the problem with my right foot, I really just got to give it time and the amount of kilometers I put on myself over the last couple of years. I think finally took its toll. Um, but funny for sure because I've been doing this. Uh, the circuit training up at the service center in St. Albert. And there's a track on the third level. And it's a full-size track and then it opens up so you can see down two floors. And on the first floor, uh, they've got two indoor field houses for indoor soccer. And then they've got uh, about three basketball courts all lined up side by side. That you look down about when you're running, and then on the edges of the track, there's places where you can grab some barbells and kettlebells and medicine balls and that sort of thing. So I'm going through the circuit the other day, and you know it's it's a it's a different training than obviously what I'm used to. And what's happened is when I run, my heart rate will vary between about 135 and 155. Uh, 155 maybe even approaching 160 if, I'm, if it's a steep hill uh, but most of the time it sits probably in the 140 150 range depending on the terrain and uh, just how I'm feeling that day but the circuit training really gets my heart up and it really um, like in the 165 to 180 range which I'm not used to so the first day I was doing the program it just so happened in one of the little areas next to me There was a member of a professional hockey team, uh, an American-based professional hockey team, NHL team, working out next to me, and he, um, you know, he's just going through his program. I'm going through mine, and here I'm, you know, this 40-year-old guy, and I'm going through this thing, and my heart rate got really got going, and then all of a sudden, I really felt nauseous, and I thought, "Oh dear, Uh, what am I going to do?" So. There was a garbage can nearby, but it was right near where he was, this this NHL player was working out, so I thought, well, maybe I can hold down for a bit, so I started walking down the track, and I rounded one corner, and I'm coming through, another garbage can, but there's a, you know, mid-twenties fitness type girl, very, you know, uh, you can tell she works out a lot, well, she's working out there, I'm like, oh, jeez, I don't know how much I can hold this down, but I don't want to throw up near her, so... Coming around, there's a and right near where you come up the stairs to the track, there's a bathroom, and thankfully nobody's in there. So I went in, Um, I relieved myself, I guess, and to make it not as graphic. And then I went back to where I was working out uh, beside this guy, and I, you know, he wouldn't have known what would happen. Maybe he'd noticed that my my face was probably straight white, Um, but anyway. A little, you know, would have been really embarrassing, and and maybe people noticed. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's interesting when you train a certain way, you get so accustomed to it, and then when you change things up, man, does it uh, make a big difference? Um, as, far as, any, as far as anything, you know, anyone who listens, because of the really long run, um, obviously there wasn't one this year. Uh, I'm still dealing with a foot problem. My plan tentatively, is still to run from uh, Jasper, Alberta to Banff, Alberta next year, um, but that may have to get pushed to 2019, depending on when, my, when I can actually start putting in some heavy mileage again. So, uh, I did have some longer runs planned for the end of this year, but I might have to skip those. Uh, I'm still going to do the Hinton MS bike for the, for the MS Society uh, coming up in September, it, uh instead of a, a ride on highways, it's uh, it's a it's a mountain bike, and apparently the course is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, the guy who set it up, it runs through some private land and stuff. And um, my dad actually has been doing it for years, and he's been bugging me to try it because I, you know, growing up in Kamloops in British Columbia, uh, I grew up on a mountain bike, so uh, I'm really really looking forward to that. And the, the nice thing about that is I've reconnected with some of my uh, really good buddies from high school, you know, haven't seen them in about twenty years, and four of them have agreed to jo- have agreed to join me in, uh, in Hinton. So they'll be coming from different spots in British Columbia. I'll be coming from Edmonton to meet them in Hinton, and um, uh, it's gonna be a riot. Uh, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to that. So, but anyway, with with the the running stuff, yeah, I just have to. I can't really commit to anything until. Uh, I can get my foot healed and then I know how many you know the kind of training for, for doing that kind of stuff. It takes a long time and there's a lot of a lot of miles you gotta put in to be able to do it. so Yeah, so anyway, um, some other stuff I've uh, well my another reason why for the delay getting another podcast episode out, um, is that uh, back in May, no sorry back in april uh my family uh rented a cabin on a pigeon lake alberta and if you're not familiar with the area pigeon lake is it's a decent sized lake it's not um not the nicest lake in the world not the worst lake lake in the world you know, you know the shoreline's probably it's probably 80 kilometers in, s- in circumference um uh, that's 50 miles for any any listeners to still use the imperial system of measurement but um but the, the scenery is really nice, and it's just nice to get away on the weekend. So I've been spending a lot of time out there with my with my kids, and you know they're they're four and six now, and it's just the perfect place to to take a young family. Uh, find they're way easier to manage out there. Um, but yeah, when we were out there, my uh, daughter well about a month ago we were out there that weekend, the Father's Day weekend. or was it the Father's Day weekend? doesn't matter. It was about a month ago. And we were out there. And my daughter and my son and my wife and I went went for a walk. And the kids were on their bikes. And at the end of the the road that the cabin's on, there's a path that goes down and up. And one of the hills is pretty steep. I mean, it's a good, you know, 25 meters down this hill. And it's pretty steep. And my six-year-old daughter is a bit of a daredevil. And she... You know, she was riding down this hill, um, and she did, wasn't using her brakes, and she got going pretty good, and she managed to flip herself over the handlebars. And where the handlebar pushed in, um, she was really sore, and and so we got back to the cabin, and just fortunately for us, a couple of cabins down. Um, there's a really nice lady lives there and she's, and she's a doctor and she said to us and this is about 5 o'clock at night and she said to us well you're okay unless she starts throwing up so we had dinner as normal and then went into the cabin and about midnight uh, Belle started throwing up so we had to run her into the uh, hospital in Metasquin, Alberta and got right in and Thankfully for us, you know, the Wetaskiwans a pretty small city, and there was actually nobody in the waiting room, so we kind of went right in. And their doctor there wasn't really sure what to do. So, um, not because he was incompetent or anything, it's just, you know, Wetaskiwans a smaller hospital, it's outside of the city of Edmonton. And so he called the Stollery, which is the children's hospital in Edmonton, and sort of went through her blood work and, you know, any of the x-rays that he had. And they recommended that they get there right away. So it's about an hour, hour trip. So they put Belle in an ambulance, and I followed. My mom, her mom went in at the ambulance with her. We left my, my son at the cabin with the grandparents. And so then this is, you know, 2, 3 in the morning. We go into the, the stallery. Um, fast forward about, I don't know, Seven, eight hours, and then the doctor's telling us that, um, you know, after her scan, a CT scan, or whatever they call it, um, the initial findings were that part of her pancreas would have to be removed, and in order to do it, they'd have to take her spleen as well. So her mom and I were just devastated. And then, but they wanted to monitor for a while. And then, just but anyway, they scheduled the surgery, and it was 15 minutes before we're supposed to go in for surgery. Or my daughter's supposed to go for surgery the surgeon came up that came to us and said "You know, I've been, I've been on the, the phone again with the, uh, the, the CT scan expert and they did some 3D modeling and they've said shut the surgery down for today let's monitor tonight her spleen not, might actually be torn it might just be smushed and luckily for now, for us uh, it was just smushed and she just needed a few days in hospital for that to monitor and everything was great uh, but really, it made me think when I was there, and I know, I, I know I have some American listeners, and and for my Canadian listeners, and, and the the public health system in Canada always takes a bit of a bit of a sort of a bum rap, but and I know that's it's not the mis, you know always the experience. I can't say that it's experience for all the uh MSers that I that I've spoken to in Canada. But the level of care we received at the Stollery here in Edmonton and the Witasquin Hospital was exemplary for my daughter. And as a person who's been living with MS now, when I was diagnosed 10 years ago, just over 10, actually it'll be 11 years in November, I've never been dissatisfied with my level of care. I I didn't like uh, my first neurologist. Um, My current neurologist I really like, but my first one I did not like um but i've never found it hard to get what i need so i suppose everything you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder and i've had a good experience but maybe others have not um and i know in other parts of the world the you know the the view on 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 public health care is uh not necessarily positive Uh, but i would say my view of it's positive but uh, I'm not going to comment on other systems. It's not for me to comment as a citizen of Canada on other people's uh, ways of doing things. But I'm just saying my experience here was—it's been really, really good. So uh, be interesting to hear if any of you, you know, if your experiences with the, the public health care system have been bad, good, and different. You know, whatever. I'd, I'd love to hear about it. You know, you can email me Sean at own, multiplesclerosis.com. You can tweet you can tweet at me at ownms.com one. Uh, yeah if you, if you you know if you can't make out what i'm saying just go to the omultiplescourses.com website and hit the contact link and you can find me that way uh, i you know i love it when people reach out to me i love to uh, uh, to chat and, and share experiences so um, also speaking of uh, the medical system one change in, in my life is that back in january I got a prescription for medical cannabis, and my reason for doing so. Now, I've written I've written about uh, marijuana on my blog before, back in 2013. The link to that and some papers that on cannabis and multiple sclerosis are in the companion notes on the blog uh, for this episode. So, if you want to check any of that out, please do. Um, and I, you know, I've never hid the fact that periodically. Uh, over the past almost eleven years, uh, I've used cannabis as a way to help with the symptoms. <clears throat> now, uh, I've never been a regular user, but I found it helped me. And in some of the letters you can read, you know it's really hard to you know I have to be from the outset, I have to be honest. It's really hard to measure the efficacy of anything. Uh, not anything, any, uh, ec- the efficacy of marijuana because it's possible that it's really, you know, and, and probable that it's subjective. So measuring the effects is not uh, accurate, and that's why um, there's some reluctance in, in, in a lot of corners of, um, you know, questioning whether, you know, cannabis as a, as a medicine is, um, is the right way to go. So that's why I think it's always important for someone as a consumer of information, which, or a or or, or consumer of opinion. You, know, you the listener, are listening to me. I mean, you're, you're consuming my opinion, whether you agree with me or not. But I, I always say, you know, encourage people to check for themselves that there's tons of information online. If you want to look at research you're on your own, you can go to pubnet.org. There's tons of free papers on there. You can search by any kind of any topic you want. Um, so yeah, I wrote about it a number of years ago, and but the problem I always had is that I was getting it through friends, and they were getting it through not legally, and the consistency and the potency of the stuff I was getting was all over the map, and my goal had never been to get stoned out of my mind. it was just relief from symptoms, uh, help sleep, help relax, and uh, back in January, I, I became aware of uh, um, I decided looking at how to get a prescription for it, so I got a prescription for it, so I can buy it legally online and get shipped to my house, and I can also control what 's in it and why that's important is that One of the misleading things about marijuana and medical marijuana, or misunderreported or uh, sort of fables that are, is believed, is you know, so the stuff I was getting prior to getting the prescription was the stuff you buy on the black market. And the problem with the stuff that you get on the black market <clears throat> is that the strains have been bred to maximize the THC content and minimize the CBD content. And the reason why that's important for somebody with multiple sclerosis to to know is the THC is the compound in cannabis that produces the high that makes you intoxicated. So the higher the THC content, the more valuable it is to a recreational user. However, it's the CBD that would be of most interest to patients with multiple sclerosis. The reason being is CBD has actually been shown to be a pretty powerful anti-inflammatory. And of course, MS is an inflammatory condition. Unfortunately, you can't really get, you don't really go to a drug dealer and ask for high CBD content marijuana because CBD doesn't produce a high there's actually been some studies that suggest that it has a counteracting effect on the thc so you know basically it's either, you know the two cannabinoids that are important are the thc and and the cbd and it is true that your body your nervous system does have receptors for cannabinoids and again all this stuff you can look up on your own online i'm not just spouting uh you know, stuff from high times or anything like that. You can look this all, you can read this stuff for yourself, look up the papers and and do the research. But so the CBD is obviously really, really important. And then the other thing, nice thing about being, having access to legal cannabis, I can get stuff like oils. So I don't have to smoke it. Uh, I started off with the oils to begin with, and I switched to the dried, And I don't, but I don't smoke it. I I I bought a vaporizer, so and I found that. Now, what I found was, and I kind of played around with it at first because when you go onto a medical supplier website that provides medical cannabis, you can select how much THC and how much CBD you want. So initially, when I started off, I started off with mostly CBD, but then I realized that. And when I was getting it from uh, legal sources, the THC helped with my anxiety and it helped me sleep. So after, over the, since January till now, I've been playing around with the amounts and I've been playing around with the different types of strains. And now I buy a strain that is, um, that gives you, all T all CBD. And then I blend it with a little bit of the higher THC content. And I've got a blend that works for me. Um, I only use it once a day, usually just before bed. And then I found a big difference. And my wife has noticed the difference as well, just in mood. It's more consistent. And where I've noticed the biggest difference is I'm able to sleep um, very, very deeply where I never could before. So uh, sleeping better has been just a it's been a game changer Um, so if you I mean really one of the other problems with um, you know medical cannabis is is the stigma and I can tell you it bothered me to get the prescription Um, you know you're socialized the way you're socialized and I'm 41 years old and I've been told since before I can remember that cannabis was bad, right? Not a medicine, da-da-da-da-da. Well, here I am 41 years later and I need it and what I've realized is I just don't hide. Um, You know, I've made this choice. It has made a, a positive impact in my life. I'm not doing anything illegal and I'm not a drug addict, right? I'm doing something positive for myself so to help me live a better life. But depending on the way you grew up, religion, area of the world, all that kind of stuff, you know, there may be too big, that may be too big of a bias for you to um, overcome. But I mean, do, do look into it and if it's, the concern is about being high. Well, like I said, if you get a CBD only strain, you're not gonna get high. Um, it does have a calming and relaxing effect on, on your muscles and that, but you don't get high. You're not intoxicated. But I would encourage anyone listening to, to look it up for themselves. I can tell you that it, you know, it's helped me. And I would really strongly caution anyone or any claims that it's some sort of miracle drug. That it isn't. But it does help. I mean, it, it, makes, it makes things more manageable. You know, for example, over the weekend—it's not just past weekend, just yesterday—I got a real, real bad case of the fatigues. It was so I, I was so tired that I honestly um, thought I was having a mild relapse, and who knows, maybe I am. Um, I don't think so. I went and did my workout today, and even though I had to really struggle to get through it because I'm so so darn tired, but um, you know, I got through it. So. I think it's just a bad case of the fatigue and I think everyone knows out there who has MS what, what that's all about. But, you know, last night when I got home um, the marijuana really helped. So, And one thing about the the bias part of it is I made a conscious decision when I got the prescription I wasn't going to hide it from anyone. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a very public forum. I'm, this is going on the Internet. Anyone from my work or anywhere can listen to this, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm, but then again, I'm not not—again—not doing anything illegal. Uh, I'm doing something to manage your condition. And if anybody wants to call that into question, they can come talk to me. And, you know, I'd say the same thing to any all of them. Walk a day in my shoes and live with a chronic condition like this, and then talk to me. Until, you, until you've done that, then your opinions really are less than irrelevant. So, again, it helps me. If, uh, again, if you have any questions uh, or comments, uh, you can get a hold of me through the website. Email me at sean at Or you can tweet at me at, at onms.com1. Last thing I want to talk about, I was actually had planned on doing this episode, um, and I should have mentioned this from the outset. I mm-hmm. just randomly now because I'm not, I'm not actually doing the video right now. Uh, I've decided that I'm still going to post them on you know, these podcasts on YouTube, but I've uh, elected to have the video be something random. So, for example. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, what you are seeing is a loop, Uh, probably cut in a few, I'm probably gonna cut in a few still images, but you're seeing a loop of a running loop in Kamloops, running loop in Kamloops called the W, not Kamloops, holy cow, wrong city. (laughs) It is a running loop of a running running trail loop, whatever you wanna call it, in Edmonton called the W. So you start at the top of this one set of stairs, you go down on the bottom, up a hill, that's the middle of the W, over the top, back down another set of stairs, and then up another hill, so that makes the other part of the W. Uh, so that's what you're watching. How that's being recorded, I've got a camera strapped to the side of my head, and that, what you're seeing in frame there, that black piece, that's the curve of my cap. Uh, I didn't realize that I was gonna do that when I did it, so. But, but that's what you're watching. And then the guy you see intermittently popping in on a frame, that is uh, my good friend, Paul who is the general manager of the Adidas store and South common. And the reason I mentioned, you know, I mentioned him, we've become uh, running buddies and when I can run and uh, and how I met Paul is obviously Adidas sponsored the last uh, really long run to MS, MS, and donated the t-shirts and gave me a lot of gear including running shoes and all that kind of stuff. So, but through that I met him. And it turned out uh, he's as crazy as I am and he likes running long distances. So, uh, we've uh, struck up a fast friendship. Anyway, that's the guy. He's pop you popping in and out of frame. So I should have mentioned that about 28 minutes ago. <laughs> so the people on YouTube that are watching the podcast on YouTube are up to date. Anyway, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is uh, over the past weekend um, we spent it. It was Canada Day on the first. So the you know obviously for my American listeners, you guys have July the fourth. Is your birthday, so happy birthday to you guys too. Well, Canada Day is on July 1st, and that's our country's birthday. And this past Canada Day was actually our 150th anniversary as a nation, so um, so it was it was a it was kind of a monumental one. And we went out and spent it at the lake at this cabin we've been staying at, and it was phenomenal. The so when we sat on the lake, and like I said, it's about an 80 kilometers circumference. You can't, you, can't, you can't see the whole way around the lake uh, from the beach. And it's about 10 kilometers across, so maybe about 7 miles across and 50 miles around, for, again, for any American listeners or anyone unfamiliar with metric. So and it's quite a nice lake, it's, uh, but it's in a prairie, so there's no mountains or anything in the background. You just see the, the trees kind of rise up on each side. And because we're in the northern part, well, we're about midway up in Alberta, it stays dark, or sorry, it stays light right now at night. Uh, I mean, you can see, still see fairly well at 11 p.m. It doesn't get really, really dark until almost midnight, or even just past midnight. So just like the 4th of July, we have a lot of uh, you know, a lot of fireworks and all that, all that. So anyway, we're sitting on the beach waiting for this. For all the fireworks, because, but the difference is, we're not in a city; we're just in a, you know, uh, a rural area. But every night when we're out there, there's fireworks somewhere when you look across, and usually in several spots. Well, on Canada Day, it was, you know, around midnight. It was pretty amazing. There had to be at one point, 40 different points on the horizon and around us, like down the same side of the beach that we are. Uh, just private citizens that had bought and just put on a show, and it was uh, it was so, fun- <laughs> so phenomenal that my dad and I have actually spoke about, uh, I wanna build a, by about a 10 foot long, by about six foot wide uh, floating barge for next Canada Day, and <laughs> just load that sucker with uh, as many fireworks as we can fit on it, uh, tow it out about, uh, you know, a good distance from shore and have them lit off that way because um, it would just that would be fantastic. Um. Yeah, and Canada Day was great. Oh, so yeah, and Canada night. yeah, that was another thing I wanted to mention. I built a... When my family, what my mom says goes, and back to the really long run, the really long runs, the both of them would have never happened without my mom acting as the point guard. I mean, she really... Uh, she was the engine that drove those things. I, you know, I, I, I've said this many times. I had the easy part. I just had to run. I didn't have to do all the organization, get all the insurance, sort out the um, the rest stops, and organize the volunteers. And I mean, she really, she really pulled it together, right? So she came down, came down to the beach around three, and she says, "Sean, can you hook up the Bluetooth speaker?" And she's like, I "Want some music, but..." The only music that I want to hear is stuff that was by Canadians. So, my sister, who's you know 18 months older than I am, she was sitting there and some family friends, and they just started throwing out suggestions for this uh, Canadian playlist. Anyway, we ended up with about 80 songs. It's a five hour playlist, but that's good, you know, because we by the time we sort of compiled it, it was around you know five-ish so you know it took us well into the night so anyway uh, I in the companion notes to the podcast I've, uh, I've uh, put in the, uh, the playlist that we've, we've discovered or that sort of not that we discovered but that we uh, we came up with and this is just random people drinking wine sitting on the beach throwing out songs. Uh, it kind of runs right through the musical gamut country rap. Uh, Classic rock, uh, oldies. I mean, just, but they're all Canadian artists. Uh, in one case, like for one example, I, have to, I, I, I remember is, you know, some of these things get an asterisk. Where, for instance, Big Rec, I know the whole the whole. I mean, I'm pretty sure the beat, lead singer Big Red's from Boston, but his entire bands from Canada, so they get a pass. Uh, there's a duet between Roy Orbison, who's an American, and Katie Lang, who's Canadian. So. Well, the bulk of it, they're 100% Canadian, but there are some there that, you know, you may want to debate them, but there's there's a Canadian flavor to it anyway. So, yeah, check it out. It's on the uh, the post on the On, on Multiple Sclerosis uh, blog uh, that's associated with this podcast. And uh, that's the podcast for episode number 21. Oh, wait, sorry, I shouldn't cut her off just yet. If you have any suggestions to add to that Canadian playlist, please send them to me. I uh, I'd love to add it because I mean we, we were just finding stuff was coming out like you know that's why I took a while because then we just think oh and what about this or what about that so if you have any suggestions that aren't in, on there, uh, please send them through. Anyway, that's the podcast for episode twenty one. Uh, really thank, uh, thank you for listening. If you are listening to this on SoundCloud, uh, please give it a like or subscribe. Uh, same thing with uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. If you gave it a like and a subscribe, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. Um, I will be back soon. And by soon, I mean sooner than the last gap. I, I can't make any guarantees it's the summer. I've got kids. We're busy. But I am going to make an honest effort uh, to pump up more of these on a more frequent basis. So anyway, until next time, take care.